The title of my message today is Imagine If We Brought Somebody. Imagine if we brought somebody. And as I was preparing this message, I, I kind of revisited the, the first time someone brought me to church, just what that whole experience was like. And I was 18 years old, and I can remember being invited. Someone was going to bring me, and I can remember being nervous. I don't know why I was just nervous. I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I'd seen some stuff on TV that I'm like, ooh, okay. And, and I just didn't know what to expect, so I'm kind of nervous. You know, even like getting dressed, I'm like, All right, I need to look good. You know, I need to try to like look, you know, because in high school I kind of dressed like a bum. But, you know, anyway, I wanted to look good for the church service. And, and so I, you know, tried to dress up nice, and I'm nervous. And I can remember even walking up, you know, it, up to the doors. You know, my heart was like, do, 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 do. And I don't know why I was just nervous, you know. And, of course, I brought a friend with me because there's no way I was going to go by myself. You know, I need a support system. And... And so we walked in, you know, and we you know, just have no clue. Are people going to be friendly? Are people going to be walking through the halls praying? Like, I, I just don't know what to expect. And so we walk in and meet the youth pastor, you know, and shake his hand. And he about breaks my hand, you know. And I'm like, oh, he knows I'm a sinner. I don't know. You know what I mean? He's like, how you doing? Now, I don't know if it was that. But anyway, he shook my hand pretty good. And, and so then, then I go in the room and I see, like, drums and guitars and, and, and instruments. And I'm like, hmm. This is either going to be really cool or really weird. All right, that's just kind of what I was thinking. And so, you know, the, the music starts playing and people are happy and clapping. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. It was just weird to me, okay? And, and some people were like raising the roof. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you know, trying not to get poked in the eye. Like, just not quite sure what's going on there. And, and you know, and then when the, when the songs got slower, you know, people were like, hey, I love Jesus, you know, crying. And I'm like... Man, we need Dr. Phillip in this place. It's emotional. And then I see a guy crying. I'm like, I don't really see that. So that's like hitting me. I'm like, I don't know why he's crying. He's making me cry. You know, it was just weird, you know. And it was, it was a real emotional thing. And I'm just like, man, it was just just kind of awkward for me. And and then I don't know if anybody else ever... Th I, I just have these random thoughts. I don't know why. Like thoughts just pop into my mind. And so... You know, while the, the, the pastor's doing the announcements, I'm trying not to look him in the eye because I don't know, for some reason, I just feel like he's going to be like, you, pray. You know, and I'm like, I don't want to pray. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just afraid he's going to call me out. Or, or I've seen sometimes where, you know, pastors or people that, like read people's mail, you know. And so while he's preaching, I'm, again, I'm not trying to make eye contact. I'm trying to hide I'm just afraid he's going to be like, yeah, you. You're a sinner. I know you are. You partied last night. And I know all that you did. And I, I don't know. I just... I was just afraid those things were going to happen. I'm kind of nervous the whole time I'm there, like, oh, what's going to happen? And then he preached for like 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, the game's on tonight. You know, and I didn't want to leave early because then I'd look really awkward, you know, because then I'd really be afraid he called me out like if I tried to walk. You! You know, and so, you know, I, I try to hang there. And, and, and it was just... I don't know. It was, it was a, for me, it was a weird experience. I, I think I even left her like, man, that was horrible. You know, and obviously I was horrible. You know, I needed Jesus. And so that's why things didn't all quite make sense. But I just, I just remember that experience. And, you know, the one thing that Jamie and I love about People's Church is that, man, we have zero reservations about inviting people here. Like, we know some stuff may be different, but, man, we are excited. We know every week people come, they're going to get an amazing experience where they can encounter Jesus Christ. And, you know, the reality is I've, I've been a part of other churches where I wasn't as excited about inviting or, or bringing people. And, and if I did, you know, I'm like crossing my fingers praying like, oh, I hope this is the one great message. I hope it's the one great series. You know what I mean? Like, and here at People's Church, man, we just, we're excited. We want to invite people and bring them because we know, man, just God is doing some great things live are being changed by, by Jesus Christ. And so we just love it. We're excited. We're not nervous. And, and, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is 
bringing people to people's church. Our main text today is Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Mark 2, 1 through 12. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat with the paral- lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. He can forgive sins, but who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. To start off, I want to focus on the four men who carried the paralyzed man. I, I want to share with you two lessons that we can learn from these four men. Two lessons we can learn from these four men. The first lesson is they used a special opportunity to bring someone to Jesus. They used a special opportunity to bring someone to Jesus. Just to recap again, Mark 2 verse 1 through 3 says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Jesus has come home. This is a big deal. The word has spread. Everybody knows about it. We don't necessarily maybe know why he came home. Maybe it was spring break for Jesus or maybe he wanted a home-cooked meal. But either way, Jesus is home. People are talking about it. There is a buzz. He's at this house. People are flooding to it. And so these men hear this. And they hear about Jesus coming back home. And so they are pumped. They're like, all right, let's get our friend, the, the paralyzed man. They get him on the mat and they're, they're carrying him to where Jesus is. And I think it's interesting that the scripture says he came home again. I wonder if maybe the last time he came home, they missed it. I wonder if the last time they came home, something happened. And when Jesus left, they're like, oh man, we missed him. Next time he comes, we have to get our friend. We have to get this man to Jesus. And so this next time comes, Jesus is back, he's here, he's at this house, they're excited, they grab him, they want to get him to Jesus before Jesus leaves, and, and, and it's a special opportunity. And see, right now, we also have a special opportunity at People's Church. We have this new facility that's going up that we can use to bring more people to Jesus, who maybe may not come under normal circumstances. Let me explain. I believe we have family friends, neighbors, and co-workers who will visit People's Church and be introduced to Jesus just because they want to see our new auditorium. That's it. They don't care about Pastor Herbert in the preaching. They don't care about good worship. You can tell them that and they're like, eh. But you're like, hey, we got this new auditorium. They're like, man, I need to check that out. I believe there are people that will come to People's Church just because we're remodeling our kids' space. We're going to have a, a McDonald's play place. And you can be like, man, our worship is awesome. It's so friendly. Man, Pastor Herbert's the greatest. And they're like, man, hey, we're going to be putting in a McDonald's play place. What? A church with a McDonald's play place? I need to check that out. 
And they're going to come. They're going to be students that want to come to check out the new youth facility on, on Wednesdays and junior high students on Sunday morning because we have a, an area for them. They're going to want to come and ch- check it out. Under normal circumstances, they would not come. But with this special opportunity, this new facility that, that, we're, that we're building, they're going to come just to check it out to see what this construction is all about. And when they do that, they're going to meet Jesus. I believe we have family, friends, neighbors, co-workers who will visit People's Church because of the buzz we've created about it. They maybe see the advertisements and that doesn't mean a whole lot, but when they hear you talking about it and the excitement, it gets them excited and they're like, man, I just need to go check this thing out. I need to see what's going on. I need to see what this buzz is, this new building. I need to see what everything, what this is all about. But see, Jesus had this effect everywhere he went and he's still doing it today. He's doing it right here. Now I know some of you are thinking, well, that's just superficial. That is not a good reason to invite someone to church. And you know what? It it may be superficial, but it's worth it. It's worth it if people get to hear a life-changing message. It is. Can I tell you, the only reason I even darkened the doors of that church I went to was because I liked a girl. That was it. I liked the preaching. I definitely didn't like it after I came. I didn't care about the worship. The worship was weird to me. I wasn't like, ooh, I want to hear a message. No, I could care less. I didn't even know what I was going to see. All I knew was there was a fine girl in that building, and I wanted to see her, and so I walked through it. And it changed my life forever. Just like there are going to be people. There, some of the, the worship, it's just not going to mean much to them, but just to check out this new feeling. They're going to darken our doors. They're going to come visit. And their lives are going to be changed forever. So use it to your advantage to bring people here where the good news is preached, where they can encounter Christ in a radical way. Do whatever it takes to use a special opportunity to bring people to Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know in this building the good news is going to be shared. The lives can be changed. This new facility is going to allow us to reach thousands more. And some of those thousands are going to come just because they want to check it out. To see what's going on. And we can play a part in that. We can use this special opportunity to encourage people. We can use this building as a tool to help people encounter Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, use it. Invite them, email them, text them. Some of you, like the four men, literally pick them up and bring them. And just think about it. We got it easier. I mean, they had to carry this guy in a mat, walking. We got cars now. Maybe the most you have to do is open a door for somebody. Close it after them. Some of you don't even have to do that. They can open the door themselves. You just hit the button. Unlock. And they get in. Drive them here. Bring someone. Use this special opportunity so someone can come and they can meet Jesus and have their life changed. The second lesson we can learn from these four men is they persevered to make sure he met Jesus. They persevered to make sure this paralyzed man met Jesus. Mark 2, 4. It says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. 
Now I have to imagine at this point they are a little frustrated because here they are, this Jesus in town, it's special, they're excited, they're pumped, they're probably carrying this guy, telling them, man, you're going to meet Jesus, it's going to be awesome, man, he can heal you and forgive you, you know, maybe they're even singing some, you know, songs about Jesus, I don't know, but they're excited, they're pumped, you know, it doesn't, they don't even care about the pain they're feeling from carrying him because they're so excited, this guy's going to get to meet Jesus, they come, they get to the house, and it's full, full house sold out no more room it's too late maybe next time sorry for you bye bye you know what i mean like like this had to be frustrating here they go traveling all this way carrying this man and now they are feeling the pain they're feeling the sweat because like we came all this way and we can't even get in and and i can just imagine that had to be frustrating And, and i don't know about you but if that was me i'd be like where the handicap spot at you know what I mean? Like, I got a paralyzed man here, you know, and I'd, I'd be sitting there looking at people like, see what, I, I have so many paralyzed, are you telling me there is not four of you decent enough with good walking legs to leave so we can let this man in so he can meet Jesus? You can follow Jesus. We got to care. You telling me there's nobody's going to let us in? Some of you, you would have made a scene. Oh, no, you didn't. Where's the manager at? Whose house is this? I put it in the paper. This is the worst house in all of Capernaum. You locked out a, you locked out a paralyzed man right here. Nobody's going to come back to this house. I'm going to egg it. You're never going to have visitors again. You know what I mean? Somebody would have been throwing a fit. You better let this man in and come see Jesus. Some of you would have got physical. Well, excuse me. You know what I mean? You just would have forced yourself in. Seriously. But these men, they improvised. They didn't go off. They didn't quit. They didn't just turn around and go back home. Instead, they persevered. They carried him on top of the house. Now again, I don't know about you, but I want to work smarter, not harder. Okay, and after carrying this man all this way, the last thing I want to do now is now carry him up on a roof. I mean, this is... This is inconvenient. Like, I probably would have been like, where's the tree with the shade? Okay, we'll just go get some shade. We'll get some lemonades. We can sit down, relax. You know, we'll just wait for Jesus to come. We don't need to carry him on the roof. Let's just wait here. We, you know, we might be able to catch up to him. We might be able to get this man to him. But they didn't do this. They did not let disappointment or inconvenience stop them. They carried him up. They then dug a hole through the roof. And they lowered him down to Jesus. These men persevered. See, sometimes inviting or bringing someone to church can be inconvenient. You've got to pick them up. What does that mean if you're going to pick somebody up? Well, that means you've got to save another 15, 20 minutes now for that drive. What does that mean? That means you probably lose 15, 20 minutes of sleep now. You know, my sleep is precious. You know, it's the weekend. I need my sleep. I need my beauty sleep. I don't have to wake up 15 minutes early to pick somebody up. Or how about that's gas money? I've got to drive all the way over here. to pass gas money. That's putting me closer to an oil change. You know what I mean? And then, of course, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you're like, I'm sorry, Jesus, yes. Someone's life being changed is worth oil change, gas, and me sleeping. And so, you know, you bring them and then they love it. And they're like, can you bring me every week? And you're like, no. You're like, what have I done? You know, and it can be inconvenient. It can be inconvenient to keep calling people, inviting them, texting. It just gets annoying. You're like, I don't have time to keep reminding them. You know, I've got too much stuff going on. You know, hey, it's their loss. Look, I've invited them only once. Lord, I can't keep inviting them over and over again. And it can be inconvenient. It can be awkward. I'm sure they had people at them. I'm sure they had people looking at them like, 
Are you crazy? That man is already paralyzed and now you're taking him up on the roof? What are you doing? Are you, I'm sure they had people looking at him like, are you crazy? And then on top of that, they start digging a hole through the roof. I don't know about you, but in my neighborhood, if I go outside and I see four men on a roof with a paralyzed man digging a hole, I'm calling the popo. You know what I'm saying? 911, there are four men with a paralyzed man on the roof digging a hole. Y'all need to get out here. This ain't right. And so I'm sure it looked awkward. I'm sure it looked weird. Just like some of you may have co-workers looking at you saying, what are you doing bringing religion into work? You may have family members. Y'all was preaching. Trying to be a preaching man. Preaching woman. Tell me, bring me, tell me come to church. You know, y'all was, you know, you know. Or you got friends that are like, why are you little Miss Christian? You always got to be little Miss Christian. I go to people's church. Come with me. Nah, 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 nah. You know, and, and you're like, uh, uh, okay, sorry. No, I just, wow, I just want you to come to my church. You know, and it gets awkward. Or how about you're in the office and, and, and the guys are talking like, man, just, the thunder got to win. Man, did you see the Sooners last night? you see Blake Griffin, 33 points, 17 or 8? you see him dunk on that guy like he was tearing it up it was awesome the Sooners are going to win the whole championship and you're like man church was awesome on Sunday I had a great time we got a new building you should really come check it out and they're like say what huh okay Blake would you see the other game where that dude flipped him over and body slammed him and boy if that was me I would have knocked that dude out man but Blake's a good kid I'm glad he didn't do that because he's still in the tournament and you're like Okay, I'll invite you to church next week. See you later. You know, and, and, and you kind of have these moments of awkwardness. How about doubt? I'm sure the thought ran through their mind. This is kind of crazy. What if it doesn't work? What if Jesus gets mad at us for interrupting? Because Jesus is preaching the word, and then all of a sudden Jesus feels hay and dirt falling on his head like, what, the... what if Jesus is like, what are you doing? I'm trying to preach. I'm sure they probably thought about that. What if we get rejected? What if we look stupid? See, doubt plays a huge part in us bringing people to church. We start to have thoughts it won't matter. It won't make a difference. This is crazy. What if it doesn't work? What if their life's not changed? What if they don't like it? We start thinking these negative things. What about the cost? I'm sure they had to repair that roof. Is it worth the cost? See, the devil wants to fill our minds with all these negative what ifs. What if it doesn't work? He wants to put every obstacle in, and give us every excuse in the world not to bring our family, friends, co-workers, neighbors to people's church because he knows what can happen. See, he knows the positive what-ifs. What if they get saved? What if they are healed? What if they are delivered from drugs? What if they start coming every week? What if their whole family gets saved? What if marriages are restored? What if teenagers are set free from depression and alcohol abuse? What if kids start to respect and obey their parents? What if God starts to do miracles in adults, teens, and kids' lives right here in Oklahoma City at People's Church? He knows all those what-ifs. And see, I believe these four men thought to themselves, this may be crazy. We may look stupid. It may cost us. It's going to be hard. We may get rejected. But what if he's healed? What if he's saved? And with that, these men were not phased one bit by the obstacles. They made no excuses. They had a mission. They were focused on getting this man to Jesus. And they did whatever it took. They did whatever it took. They never gave up. 
And this man's life was changed forever because they carried him and they persevered to make sure this man met Jesus. We are doing whatever it takes to have a building that will reach thousands of more lives. Will you do whatever it takes to help get them here? My prayer is that we use this special opportunity and that we persevere to make sure people meet Jesus. To close, I want to share with you two reasons to bring someone to people's church. We've alluded to it. Two reasons to make the sacrifice, to overcome doubt, the obstacles. Two reasons to do whatever we can to bring someone here. Two reasons to, to use this new, new facility. The first reason that this new building, it's being built, it's here so we can help someone be saved. It's not so we can just have a cool building. No, no, it's here so we can help someone be saved, someone's life being changed. Mark chapter 2 verse 5, they have now lowered this man into this building with Jesus. And it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. This man's sins were forgiven and he was saved because of four men who brought him to Jesus. Without these four men, he may have never met Jesus. These four men played a huge part in this man being forgiven. His life being changed forever because they brought him. Church, I want you to hear this. There are people in our life that need us to introduce them to Jesus, just like these four men did. Our relationship with them is what's going to get them to come to people's church and have their life radically changed by Jesus Christ. We can play a part in that and bringing someone, someone finding salvation. Just like these four men played a huge part in this man being forgiven, his life changed. You know, since I've given my life to Christ, uh, I want to see all my family come to know Christ, those that already don't, that, that currently do not have a relationship with Jesus. And I've been praying for my sister for 10 years, praying and praying. And I've tried to invite her and bring her. And I've brought her to some churches, but she never really enjoyed them, didn't feel uh, welcome. She's a, she's a single mom. She felt like people judged her at times. And so she never found a place where she wanted to keep coming. And she hasn't been living for the Lord, doesn't have a relationship with them. She's, she's struggled and she's gone through some difficult things. And, but just this year, in January, she met a friend from high school. My sister now, I think, is like 25. And so she met a friend from high school. And that friend invited her and brought her to her church. And so my sister went with this friend. And, and she enjoyed the experience. She enjoyed it. And, and so she started going every week. And a month and a half, just this last end of February, end of the experience, the pastor's giving the altar call, the response time for people to start a relationship to Christ, to commit their lives to Christ. And my sister raised her hand. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Her life now has been radically changed because her friend brought her. Obviously, Jesus saves, but her friend brought her to a place where she can meet Jesus. A prayer that me and, and some of my family have been praying for 10 years has been answered because of a young lady in Indianapolis, Indiana, who saw her friend who needed Jesus and invited her and brought her to her church. See, by bringing someone, you could, you could be answering someone's 10, 20-year prayer. By bringing someone, we can make such a difference. 
because we're bringing them to a place where they can hear about Jesus and their life can be changed and they can be saved. We can play a part in that. We can make a difference. The second reason is this new facility is is being built. It's here so that we can help someone be healed. So we can help someone be healed. We saw that the paralytic sins were forgiven, but then in Mark chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, Jesus says, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Not only was this man's eternity changed, but he was also healed physically. He experienced complete life change because four men overcame the obstacles and brought him to Jesus. Again, Jesus is the healer. But these four men brought him to a place where he could meet the healer. There are people in our life who will find healing through this new facility, through what God's doing here at People's Church, if we bring them. Because we've overcome obstacles. Because we've overcome excuses. Adults, teenagers, kids will be set free from disease, addictions, hurt and pain. Because we brought them to a place where they can meet Jesus. Again, this new facility, it's not about glitz and glamour. It is about enlarging our influence. It's about reaching thousands of more people who are dying and lost and hurting. They need a savior. They need a healer. And we can play a part in that by bringing them to where they can meet him. We can help someone be healed physically, mentally, and emotionally. Again, this new building's here to help someone be saved and healed. If we commit to bringing someone Many lives will be changed forever. And so I challenge you, take advantage of this special opportunity. Really, as as we launch, hopefully on Easter Sunday and after that, I mean, that's only going to come maybe that one time. Take advantage of it. Invite and bring. Get strategic. Do whatever it takes to get people here. Persevere. Overcome the fear, the doubt, the obstacles. Say, God, help me. And invite and bring somebody. And imagine the possibilities. Imagine if we brought somebody. The lives that would be changed. The people set free. The marriages restored. Imagine the miracles. All that God wants to do. Imagine if we brought somebody. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes.